Last night, the Milwaukee Brewers get it done 3-2 to two over the Cincinnati Reds. If the playoffs started today, yes, the Brewers are in, but, well, the playoffs aren't going to start today. Well, how many games are left? Uh, six? six? They got six games. Six games left. One left with the Reds, and then five with the St. Louis Cardinals, where the Brewers will be a home team, but One it will game. be at Bush Stadium. But, yes, uh, last night it was, and we were really giving these guys love yesterday, mostly you know, Corbin Burns, but Burns didn't pitch, and then it was Devin Williams. Devin Williams came in and just rocked it. And then Josh Hader came in, rocked it. 12 of Hader's 13 pitches last night were fastballs, and his max velocity was 96.8 miles per hour. That matched Hader's season high. That's per StatCast. I saw Adam McKelvey tweeting that out. Uh, last night with Devin Williams coming in and Hader shutting the door, you had the timely hitting of obviously uh, Taylor hitting that home run in the fifth, and then in the seventh you had, uh, what was it, uh, Jed, uh, Daniel Vogelbach, Jed Jericho, Orlando Arcia, the nerd power, Eric Sogard. This Brewers team, in your humble opinion, boyos, can they do it? They, they, they notched one last night. Rowdy? I think winning today's game against the Reds will go a long way in if they can in make the playoffs or not. Just because the Reds are the team that you're tied with. You currently are also tied with San Francisco Giants. Those two teams, in my opinion, have the tougher the tougher schedules from here on out after today's games. No doubt. And it would just be so much nicer for Brewers fans and your anxiety if they win today's game and have a, a game lead on those two teams going into the last, I guess, real weekend of, of baseball season. Yeah, definitely. RJ, are you holding out belief? Yesterday I was a little hesitant, but I said the only thing you can do is you know hold on to hope. Right now the Brewers, I mean, they got a win. They did it. They got sure, one. they did, but. Then they got to do it again, and then again, and then again. You're going to have to win today, and then you need to take three or four out of five. So you need to win four or five games the rest of the year out of the six. That's And for a team that plays 500 ball, I, yeah, that's tough. If you don't, if you don't win the series, <laughs> you're not going to make it. How, uh, how many times have we seen the Brewers need to you know, get hot at the end of a season just to make the playoffs and for them to do it? Well, it's been the last two years, right? Mm-hmm. Well, last year, obviously, to make the wild card, they got in there. They had to be hot in September, and they were amazing in yep. September. And then two years ago, in 2018, you know, they were they were still a playoff team, but they got extremely hot in September, and they tied the Cubs mm-hmm. and had game 163 to in, win the division. In Miller South. So, yeah, that's two straight hot Septembers. I don't know if... Right now, you really want to say this was a hot September since you've pretty much been playing 500 ball all year, <laughs> but you've played well enough in September to keep yourself in it. So yeah. I'm reading here, um, you know, Brewers riding the, they call it the two-headed bullpen monster and Devin Williams and Josh Hader beating the Reds 3-2, to two, obviously. So the Reds and the crew now both sit at 500 and they hold the final two NL postseason seeds. The Giants, as we were talking about, also are back to 500 after a win over the Rockies, but... The two NL Central clubs, the Brewers and the Reds, hold the tiebreaker over San Francisco thanks to better intradivision records. So there is that. My question, though, is do the Brewers have enough to get her done? And wouldn't this be great for a guy like, I don't know, 
Christian Yelich to really step up to be that guy? How about Ryan Braun, possibly nearing his end with a, wearing a Milwaukee Brewers uniform? Wouldn't that, who would you like to see to be the guy to put the team on the back? I guess Yelich would probably be the more likely one just because he'd see more time you know, playing. Yeah, I would have to say Yelich just because you know what he can do. Look at what he's done the last two seasons. He was an MVP two years ago, and had he not followed one off his kneecap, he should have been an MVP again. Mm-hmm. He's now batting like two fifteen. Yelich is, is <laughs> there's, there's drop offs, but not many MVPs can say that they were an MVP and should have been a a two time MVP, and then they hit two fifteen the following year. Nelly, I hate to do this to you, but I gotta I gotta tell you what actually it's not two fifteen, it's two fourteen. That's even a little worse. Yikes! Did it round up? Not the not the reverse prices right you. I just two fourteen. A Yelich three at bats last night, two Ks, two strikeouts. Yelich is yay. Your Milwaukee Brewers getting it done. Three to two over the Cincinnati Reds. If the playoffs started today, my friends, they are in. Now, Rowdy, last night you said the Brewers, you thought they were going to blow it, right? I also said I also thought the Brewers were going to blow it. RJ, did you think the Brewers were going to blow it last night? Yes. I'm kind of just conditioned as a Brewers fan to think they're going to blow it. Well, it was like once they, they got down, it was you're like, oh, especially because it, it seemed later in the game, and you're like, there's only a few innings left. This offense really hasn't been good for most of the season. Well, they scored a couple of runs, and they won 3-2. to two. Yeah, they got her done. They did get her done. And here we are in the mix of things, as the Milwaukee Brewers have six games left. Can they do it? That is the question. Uh, I am very, very intrigued to see. It's It always comes down to these cardiac crew, right? It's always every year for these past couple of years, it's been what will they do as the season nears its end. I want really want Christian Yelts to step up. Who's the one guy you want to step up? Is that just very obvious, Christian Yelts step up? Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, I feel like it's not even asking a lot just because no, he is right. your best player. He was your MVP. I think that's a good point. Just I signed him to a long-term contract. I feel like it's not really asking a lot. Because he is your best. Rowdy, I think you're spot on right there. It's not really asking a lot. Is well, just it for think, your best player to Just step think up? about, so now that they've played almost 60 games, since there's only six games left, you've played 54 games this season. The starters, you have Brandon Woodruff has looked pretty good. You had Corbin Burns, who is being mentioned for Cy Young candidate. That's two really good starters. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, the guy that threw last night, Brett Anderson, he's been extremely serviceable. Yep. And, and he's on just a one-year contract. Hauser started out hot. He's kind of been uh, falling apart, obviously, in the month of September. But he gave you one decent month. And then Lindblom was pretty putrid for the first, <laughs> what, handful of starts. But his last few, he seems to be putting something together. He's dropped his ERA from the upper sixes to, what, mid fours now? Mm-hmm. He's so it's, it's more res- Yeah, it's more respectable. The starters have been decent, especially... The top top heavy, they've been good with Woodruff and with Burns. The back end of the bullpen, that's been outside of a couple games, whether it was Phelps before the trade deadline, Corey Knable pitching a lot better the last week, and then you have your your constants in Hayter and Williams. 
the back end of the bullpen has been really good outside of maybe a couple games. It's the offense that has done absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. We're talking about them winning last night, having to come from behind. They only scored three runs. Right. Like it's not like this the offense. Been it, all year. It's not like the offense you're, came back and scored six. I mean, it took two games to get you from a f- negative forty uh, runs to negative five. I mean. And yeah, you should be around a negative five to zero in runs scored or Man. runs against. And if you look if at you're a 500 team, which what they where, are. Where do you think the? Sorry, Roddy. If you look at what? Oh, if you look at the guys that Stearns brought in this offseason, it was a lot of guys where they thought there was a ceiling there that they could, if they played well, they could play much better than what they're paying them and what people are expecting from them. Well, if you look at the guys that they they brought in, Sogard. Did you ever really expect Eric Sogard would wow you? No. The no. guy's in his closing in on his mid thirties, and he's had like two good years in the. Well, big remember leagues. when he resigned with like, the Brewers? We said that agent of his needs to give himself a pat exa- on the back. Exactly. For you all weren't. The money yeah. he got. You weren't exactly expecting an all star out of that. No. Were you? Sogard like, no showing up big time last night. Yeah. That was and, nice. But that's the kind of thing you're expecting—a guy to come yeah. off the bench and be able to hit. And then you look at like the Jed Jerkos. Jed Jerko, when playing, when when having a bat success, especially the second half of the season. He's played probably about as well as you could have expected. Right. Yeah. You had guys like Vogelbach, who you picked up a couple weeks ago. He's playing out of his mind. You couldn't expect him to be that good. Dude, that guy's the truth. You look at guys like uh, Avisel Garcia, maybe playing a little bit down from what you expected, but it's not like he's been just god awful. Yeah. Right. And then you and you asked him to move to center field. Yeah. You didn't expect Which, him to play center field. And that dude's a unit out there. You, you expected him to play in the corner or I DH. You still only expect him to play in the corners and, or DH. And then you look at Arcia. I think most people would say Arcia is having a much better year than they expected. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Luis Urias. He's been playing. I would say better than most people expected since he was a prospect that had struggled and didn't have much major league time. Mm-hmm. A lot of the guys that they brought in have played about to expectations for the most part, except for your two best hitters in Keston Hira and Christian Yelich. And if those guys were just both hitting 250, how much better would this team be? It, they'd be so much better if if, if Christian Yelich could and live And 250's not asking a lot from a guy that no. hit like 330 last 214, year, right? it's insane. If you look at um, the Major League Baseball just, just team team stats here, where do you think the Brewers' average comes in as a team? Uh, for for uh, the whole league, their batting average out yeah. of thirty teams, yeah. I'm gonna go like twenty sixth. I'll go twenty eight. Little better than the twenty fourth. Oh, they're twenty fourth below them. The Mariners, the A's, believe it or not, the Cubs. Wow, they've been the, the horrible, horrible lately. lately. The Pirates, the Rangers, and the Reds. Since August fourteenth, I think they're like seventeen. Yeah, and 20. since that hot start, they've been playing about five hundred yeah. baseball. To pay or not to pay the Packers running back Aaron Jones. Boys, as Aaron Jones right now beasting out, leading the way for rushing yards over Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubbs, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, number one, 234 rushing yards. Also, you know, he's racking it up in the receiving yards as well, not as much as like Stephon Diggs, Calvin Ridley, Julian Edelman, Robbie Anderson, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. But he also leads the way uh, for four touch- or touchdowns as well in the league. Aaron Jones with... If you saw his glasses, his Macho Man Randy Savage glasses, I think oh, on the yeah. oh yeah, the cream rises to the top. I think on the side of his glasses it says it says something along the lines like "Show me the money" or "Pay me the money." There's something on his glasses about paying him the money. He said before the season started that him and the Packers, his agent and the Packers, were in talks of a contract extension. 
would you guys be willing, if you were in the position of Brian Gutekunst, and paying running backs, I mean, a lot of a lot of Packers fans, I would say, are anti-pay the running back. Would you be paying a running back in today's NFL, a guy like Aaron Jones, who, yes, has had some injury history following him, like not last year, though, obviously, but he, before that had a little injury history. He's not the biggest bruising back, you know, kind of between the tackles kind of guy. Would you be willing, if you were in the position of Brian Gutekunst, to pay that man his money? So last year he was only behind Christian McCaffrey in total yards, yeah, and touchdowns. He was number he was tied, tied number one tied for touchdowns for, and only total behind touchdowns. McCaffrey for total yards. Yes, from scrimmage. I, I do believe so. If memory serves me correct, I have to look at that. And yes. he's on pace to lead the NFL in running for running backs for both this year. Um, what do you do? Try to get a deal done before he can do any more damage to your pocketbook. <laughs> because the more games he plays, and he has been balling out last season into this season, the more games he plays at this level, the more he's going to demand money, more money, more money. Right, and and the NFL is going the way of your running back needs to be a three-down or four-down running back that can be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, he just mossed somebody better than... Uh, receivers can last week. I mean, he can catch the ball. He's you're a multifaceted running back. You're not just going to use on, well, probably a bad example of short yardage because he got stuffed twice. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, he's not your between-the-tackles guy all the time. But, yeah. I mean, we saw on that 75-yard run. Um, hey, Mercedes Lewis, like, keep on doing it. You're going right. to pop one off. Um he has the ability to be your feature back, even though he's not a historically physical-looking feature back. I think you're really going to have to take a look at the roster, take a look at your salary cap, and really Brian Gutekunst is going to have to figure out what he wants to do. Right. Because you have Bakhtiari, Ooh. Aaron Jones, and you have uh, Lindsley. And only probably two of them can be signed. Mm -hmm. So one's going to have to be a casualty. Yep. (laughs) And if you look at the Packers running back position, you have Aaron Jones. Obviously, he's been your best. You have Jamal Williams, who's also a capable back. And then you just drafted A.J. Dillon, who, by all intents and purposes, you think is the hammer. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that you think you're going to continue to give him more carries as the season goes on, right? A.J. Dillon, that is, between the tackles as it gets colder up in Lambeau. That, that's what I think. And it, it, I think it's just going to come down to whether Brian Gutekunst wants to give an Aaron Jones that will turn 26 later this winter a contract, and how long will that con- contract be? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would be comfortable giving him more than three or four years. No. And, and you know he's going to be looking for long-term security. Oh, right. Because sure. why wouldn't you? You're a running back in the NFL. Rowdy, mm-hmm. what did you say yesterday? That I mean, I don't know if you're serious or not, but you wanted to just kind of see Packer Nation squirm a little bit. What did you say about Aaron Jones? Trade him? <laughs> I, I said, could you imagine if they traded him by week six? <laughs> Packer Nation would be like out in full force pitchforks and torches. Any receivers outside of uh, Robinson? 
not happy. Right. Straight, straight up. <laughs> All right, so. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they, they're going to have to do that where they're going to have to look at the years that he's looking for. Because there's yeah. no way they're going to sign Aaron Jones, a guy that's 5'10", 205 pounds, to a five-year deal worth, no. worth you know, $60 yeah. million. You can't do that. No. You don't want a 31-year-old running back on your roster. Exactly. Not so, everybody can be as ageless as Adrian well, Peterson. You, I mean, how long do you realistically want a running back on your roster for? I, I don't think you, you know? can sign him like for number one. I don't think you could sign him to for longer than a four year deal. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. you can't be. It's tough. And and I mean, you do. You could get Jamal Williams for a lot cheaper, which would save you money there. Mm-hmm. You could. You obviously will have AJ Dillon on his rookie contract for three more seasons. Yep. So you do have the running back position that could be fairly cheap if you decided to re-sign Jamal Williams and let Aaron Jones walk. But I do think you have a lot of depth at that line, so it's easy to get rid of Lindsley too because <laughs> we're already playing musical chairs if you're a Packer. Oh, my God, big time. On the yeah, offensive and line. Who knows? We might find out this week that who's the backup. If Lindsay's if Lindsay's out, because what he sprained his thumb. So Lucas Patrick will, yeah. would play center. So he played left guard game one, right guard game two, and if Lindsay's out, you could play center. <laughs> right. on week three. We could find out if he's a capable and replacement. Elton week. Jenkins can also play yep, center, and right. he played guard and tackle already this mm-hmm. year. Putting a little bow on that conversation, Aaron Jones, paying running backs in general. Your thoughts on paying running backs in general? For me, personally. Paying running backs, does it ever really seem to work out? Oh, man, paying running backs, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as Owen we had on earlier when you finally posed the question to him. There was a long pause, <laughs> and you're still like, I really don't know. I'm, I'm kind of still in that same boat. This is such a tough decision. It is. Because there's so many things you have to think about when you sign a running back to a long-term deal worth a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you have Aaron. Look at the production of Aaron Jones last year. It was absolutely incredible. I mean, him and Christian McCaffrey setting the tone. Aaron Jones had, what, 24 total touchdowns? Aaron Jones was uh, just a man possessed last year. Aaron Jones was the heart and soul of the Packers last year, right? Like, that was Aaron Jones' team. Yeah, especially you saw that when Devontae Adams went down with injury. They yeah. incorporated him into the offense even more. They put him in the slot. They got him the, they got him the football between the tackles or throwing it to him out of the backfield. They just try to get Aaron Jones the football. Yeah, and everyone talks about, oh, we need a receiver, we need a receiver. Well, isn't Aaron Jones kind of, I don't know, a receiver? We saw him do it last year. We saw him do it just, you know, on Sunday uh, against the Lions, also doing it on the run game as well. Aaron Jones is electric. So last year the season was incredible. This year he's already off to an incredible start to the year. I mean, he leads – He he's tied at top with touchdowns. He's also leading the way when it comes to rushing yards – now, I know it's only to week two, but he's still ahead of Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb, and Josh Jacobs. Aaron Jones is number one, 234 yards on the ground. Derrick Henry, 200. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 185. Nick Chubb, 184. And Josh Jacobs, 181. Aaron Jones is already setting the tone for another phenomenal year. And the more games that he has, like what we've seen already, the more he's going to garner of getting paid. Well, you just saw Christian McCaffrey not too long ago sign the biggest deal. I think it was about $15.5 million a year. Yeah. And then you just saw Kamara just sign a deal, and that was for $15 million a year. But then at the same time, didn't you have Melvin Gordon, who was looking for $12 million just last season? Yep. What did he get, eight? And nine? he ended up getting just under nine, I think it was. Yeah. 
So there's kind of your range. And didn't Delvin Cook was looking for, I think, around 12. And didn't he get around $10 million? Yeah, it wasn't what he was looking for, but yeah. I'm not – see, it's going to come down to what Aaron Jones is going to command. Yeah. What What do you think? Do you think he's closer to a $15 million guy, or do you think he's closer to that $10 million? God, I mean, I would hope it'd be closer to that $10 million. Well, you would hope, but, I, but I'm saying what, realistically, the, what realistically, do you think he's going to ask? Well, right now, his asking price has definitely gone up. How can how – can, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Has his price gone down? <laughs> no, it's only gone up. He's like that stock that's booming. Aaron Jones just keeps going up, 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 up. The performance, I mean, he just put down a performance for the ages against the Lions. He was insane. It was career highs. Like, he was absolutely incredible. What do you do to a guy that keeps putting up just giant numbers? Yeah, Delvin Cook ended up getting $12.5 million a year. And who would you rather have, Delvin Cook or Aaron Jones right now? Aaron Jones. 236 total yards, three touchdowns. That was a career high for number 33. The dude is a beast. I don't know, Rowdy. I feel like you got to pay him. But I'm not in the I've never been in the business of paying running backs. When have you ever seen a running back get big money and you're like, "Man, that was a I'm glad we paid him that." Can you think of one? There's not a ton that come off the top of your head, right? especially when it's when it's the top guys like you look at who are the top guys right now. You mentioned Le'Veon Bell earlier. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell hasn't done anything in New York, but it's also the Jets. That's a dumpster fire. That's that's the worst team in the NFL with a terrible line. Yeah. Sam Darnold's running for his life every I mean, single game. He stinks too. But yeah. I, I guess you could say Derrick Henry Derrick Henry got a monster deal. Derrick Henry's living up to it. It's early. But once you say Derrick Henry, I guess is the closest guy. It's still early. But Derrick Henry's looking pretty good. I mean, hell, he's second in the league in rushing yards. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott got a big deal. He would. He hasn't been the Ezekiel Elliott that he was in the past, but also the line had been dinged up. Yeah. There's. Well, hell, Zeke got uh, he got some work done against the Falcons in that come from behind victory. He had what do you have? Um, I mean, he had 22 carries, 89 yards, and a tutty. But still, what he had six catches, two for 33 yards. Is that worth the huge money? I mean, you get that's what Cowboys love, though. They love that franchise back. Uh, and, the, and all those guys that we just named, those are also running backs that are burly. Exactly, they're big and they can run through the middle, right? They can run between the tackles. I don't know if Aaron Jones really fits that. He's finesse definition. He's five ten, two hundred and five pounds. You're talking about Derrick Henry, who's six three, like two fifty. You're talking about an Ezekiel Elliott that weighs like two hundred and thirty pounds. Like well, those he, are all big running backs. And Ezekiel Elliott's only looking to get bigger. He just got that tattoo on his belly. Feed me. Yeah, and Le'Veon Bell, also another big running back. Those those were all guys that they do a lot of their work between the tackles as well. And they can catch the football out of the backfield exactly what Aaron Jones does. Now I think the comparison with Aaron Would you say Jones. Aaron Jones better wide receiver, quote unquote wide receiver. Yeah, probably overall, but that's where he's probably more in the mold of the Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, and they both commanded over fifteen million dollars a year. Yeah. Now, are you willing to pay Aaron Jones fifteen million dollars a year? God, that's a lot well, of money. Throw in the fact that you got Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, and there's Kevin King as well. I don't think Kevin King's going to be a Brown. I don't but think they re-sign Kevin King. I don't King. think they do either. I, but you still throw his name in the mix. But 
Bakhtiari, I think they've, what, probably franchise tag Bakhtiari. Well, and he's one of the best left tackles in the league, and he's still younger. He still has a nice big contract to sign. Yeah. Obviously, Lindsley, he's a, a solid center. He's a guy you have to look at, though you do have some line depth, and you're kind of showing it off right now with all the injuries. For me personally, I just don't know if I can give Aaron Jones $15 million a year. I think it would have to be closer to, to $10 million a year, which – He's probably not going to take. Yeah. Just because you did draft A.J. Dillon, he is a second-round pick. You do expect him to be the guy running through the tackles. Jamal Williams has still been serviceable. He looks better than ever this year. You could get him on the cheap because Aaron Jones has been the guy the last couple years. I just don't know if me personally, if I was a GM, I'd want to spend that much money on a running back who, by the way, if you sign him to a four-year deal, that brings him to age 30. I don't know if you'd want him past four years either because he's a running back that's age 30 and his name's not Adrian Peterson. I was say, who, uh, that, that's the one name that jumps to my mind in big money, Adrian AP. Is a running back even a premier position anymore? Think about it. Like If you think about all the all the running backs that were coming up back like in my childhood in the 2000s, those were all guys that played into their 30s and were good, like the LTs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they had a lot of those type of players that. The game's changing. Exactly. The game is Running changed. backs are not lasting that long. You don't want to pay them the money, and they're asked to do more for less. I saw my man put out an article for Acme Packing Company talking about paying Aaron Jones or not. So I'm like, yo, we got to get Owen on to talk about it. So we welcome in Bucky's fifth quarter, Acme Packing Company, the Packers report for 24-7, a grad assistant offensive line coach for the UW-Whitewater Warhawks, and Clay Aiken aficionado, Owen Reese. Owen, what's up? Eve, man, coming into Clay Aiken, I don't know if I can follow this up. I mean, the, the table has been set. Now all you got to do is just smash it, dude, which I know you will do. Owen, how we been, man? How we been? Uh, we're living. We're doing all right. L-I-V-I-N, living. That's um, right. All right, all right, all right finishing up grad school here and trying to get as much of a normal um off season i guess as we can here at whitewater we're doing a little bit of practice stuff so yeah dude when we are we are we ever gonna see the warhawks like on the field like is 2020 just we got to just throw it out right yeah as of right now for division three the plan is um it's kind of a little different by conference but i know the WIAC is looking at five uh quote-unquote contests in the spring that don't affect eligibility. Uh, oh, so we're okay. just kind of working towards that right now. With I believe as of right now, the plan is 2021 fall to be back like normal. Man, I, well, I hope it all happens, man. My fingers are crossed because, you know, Whitewater just juggernauts out there. And I'd like to see you keep doing your thing, my man. Oh, and speaking of people doing their thing, before we dive into Aaron Jones and this article you wrote, what is the what is the vibe right now for the Green Bay Packers? My God, how are we feeling? I'm excited to see them play a professional football team this weekend. Um, you know, they've, and they've taken care of what they're supposed to. Uh, they've beaten the Lions and, and the Vikings. Uh, but those two teams combined are 0-4. So we'll see uh, We'll see what they look like. But, I mean, obviously they're on the right track. The offense looks how you'd want it to. And while the defense uh, has looked shaky at times, I think that's kind of what you're going to depend on. If the offense can be this good, it's only going to help the defense out. Owen, um, biggest surprise, how bad the Vikings are or that the Bears, speaking, looking at how bad they are, but they're being 2-0? and I'm going to go with the Vikings just because I think, like, the Bears' defense is really good, and if Trubisky doesn't screw it up, they'll be competitive. <laughs> but as far as the Vikings go, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they played kind of poorly against the Packers. We're like, well, they've got, like, all new corners and, and 
Danell Hunter's out and Ngakwe is just getting there. Like they'll be, they'll figure it out. And then last week, like Kirk Cousins is like six of 20 entering Ugh. the fourth quarter. Um, Cause I saw at one point Stefan Diggs had like the same number of catches and more yards mm-hmm. for the bills than Cousins had completed and thrown for. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely, um, I think they got to be hitting the panic button a little bit if they don't uh, come out big this weekend. Yeah, no doubt. All right, no panic button here in Green Bay. Even with which this is crazy to me too. How the offensive line is such in flux for the Packers, yet they're the big, they're the number one rush team in the league, and Aaron Rodgers has only been sacked once. I mean, I know you're a big offensive line guy. Like, how how is this possible with all this injury? Well, I think the biggest thing, and that's kind of what the scheme wants to do, is they want to base everything off the run game. So that was. One of the things that I noticed when they drafted um, A.J. Dillon in the second round and then DeGuara, like it's very clear they're trying to build this off the run game. And it's not like they're going to try to run the ball 70 times a game, but this entire offensive scheme, all the play action, all the motion, all that stuff is all based off of the run game. So as long as they can keep that going, um, obviously Aaron Jones is very talented. David Bakhtiari is very good. Elton Jenkins is very good. Um, you know, but just trying to keep that whole thing going. Uh, and if they can, if that can be the base of everything, it's only going to help Aaron Rodgers, and it's going to, I think, hopefully keep the offense a little less inconsistent and erratic. Yeah. Um. So real quick, Lucas Patrick started at left guard in the first game against the Vikings, then started at right guard in the second game against the Lions. Now, if Lindsley is out, he'll be starting at center uh, possibly. How tough is that for an offensive lineman to go from left to right, then in the middle to center? Well, I guess. I mean, it's not easy, for sure. Uh, I think Patrick, with his past at, at all the interior O-line positions, I think that does help him quite a bit. Truthfully, he's been someone that I've thought they could upgrade from for really quite a while. The offensive line depth hasn't been very good the last few years, but he has stuck around and has shown to be pretty valuable. Uh, they extended him this past offseason. I think the biggest thing we'll see is the communication aspect at center, right? Like, no matter who's around Lindsley, as long as you've got the same voice making the calls and the same, seeing the same things as Aaron Rodgers is seeing, uh, that helps a lot. Um, but with Patrick in there, I think the communication will be the biggest, uh, biggest thing to see uh, as far as – I know Rodgers calls most of the protections anyways, but just having that – you know, trying to keep those two uh, in simpaticos with a new center in there can be, um, can be touchy at times. Yeah. All right, let's get into it, dude. Uh, AcmePackingCompany.com. I see the article written by Owen Reese, who's joining us right now. The headline is, The Packers' Aaron Jones Conundrum. To pay or not to pay? What do we think, Owen? Give us the breakdown, my friend. Well, so like I do in the article, I want to preface this. Like I am very, I'm an offensive line coach, right? Like I'm very pro-run game. I'm very pro Good running backs matter. Uh, they they can make a huge difference on your team. I understand where the the opposite uh, opposite side kind of comes from. I just don't necessarily agree with it, um, you know. But so I just want to get that out of the way because my whole point was, um, you know, I'd seen some stuff over the weekend where now all of a sudden Packers fans who are typically extremely don't invest in running back. Um, I mean, you can use Aaron Jones as an example. They found him in the fifth round. He wasn't even the first back they took that year. Um, so for him to work out, I think that's, that's their point, but then to kind of turn that on their head and all of a sudden, well, now that this guy's really good, well, well, now we have to pay him. Like he's our guy. And I'm like, well, truthfully, that shouldn't matter. Um, and so obviously he's Jones is very good in the, in the past game as well, which we saw when he was at UTEP. Um, you know, but, and and if you're going to pay it back big money these days, that's kind of the, the prerequisite that he has to be above average in the past game. Um, but yeah, that was my thing was just to kind of like turn the logic on its head and like, well, typically Packers don't want to pay running backs or Packer fans don't want running backs to get paid. But 
Um, I'm always kind of curious when that, that sentiment comes in of, you know, well, he's our guy. So obviously he's the best. He's ours. He's the exception. We need to pay him. Um, so I kind of wanted to look at that. And then yeah. with, with the Packers, with Aaron Rodgers, you know, if you, if you haven't heard, he's going to be 37 in December. No way. What? Um, so with this limited window, and obviously they took Jordan Love in the first round, which also, if you didn't hear. Um, Wait, they did? They took a so, quarterback in the first pick? Holy crap. And a running back with the second. What? Um, but so you've obviously <laughs> got a limited window here. And uh, paying Aaron Jones $12, $13 million a year puts a pretty big, um, you know, kind of a choke point on your salary cap situation as far as you need to extend David Bakhtiari, you need to make a decision on Corey Lindsley, you need to make a decision on Kevin King. Uh, and if you're paying all that money to a running back, you saw with the Cowboys, they got into a situation, they paid their back first in front of their quarterback. Um, it's just kind of one of those things. Are you going to pay uh, Aaron Jones this big money um, and, and kind of hurt elsewhere, or do you let him go and you, you know, kind of spread that money out, maybe two different starters or three different starters, and maybe roll with A.J. Dillon as the starter with Dexter Williams, or if you bring back Jamal Williams for cheap or something like that, rather than keeping Aaron Jones to be your your big time guy because you did just invest a second round pick in AJ Dillon. Yeah. And that's a big investment to be sitting on the bench along with your first round pick quarterback. If that's what you go to do, um, you know, but just kind of wanted to, to take a look at that situation and maybe challenge the Packer fans thought process and see, you know, if they really do believe what they believe um, because I guess, and to end this soapbox, the big thing is that a lot of times I think is that the analytical side of football, Twitter or fandom is seems to kind of like use absolutes right? Like you use those numbers as a rule. And my response to that is usually like math is objective, but football is subjective. There's a lot of things that numbers can't take into account, uh, kind of the human element. So that was, that was kind of my exercise. I just wanted to see if Packer fans were as steadfast in that thought process as they think they are. Um, And and really what will be an interesting case study here, because Aaron Jones, in my, like obviously deserves the money. It just might not be from Green Bay. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean that's the conundrum. Right? Like, I'm, I'm looking back. I'm I'm looking at your article right now on Acting Packing Company, and you're talking about you know Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. When these backs get big, large contract extensions or go elsewhere to make sizable contracts, do they really live up to those deals? And I mean, truthfully, no, they they haven't. And that's kind of been a huge uh, shot in my argument because, like I said, as someone that I I agree, you need to pay running backs, right? Like they can be extremely valuable, um, and if you base your team's identity around them, they're really important. Uh, but there haven't been. I mean, Todd Gurley, um, knee injury coming out of Georgia, I believe it already has arthritis in it. Uh, he signs cheap in Atlanta. Yeah. David Johnson, um, you know, he's, he's got this wild trade in Houston, but he's uh, kind of playing a little better, but he hasn't lived up to the deal, um, and neither has Le'Veon Bell, obviously in a bad situation Oof. in New York. But uh, So truthfully, they haven't, and that's kind of why I wanted to challenge that because yeah. every team thinks that their guy is the exception, um, but that hasn't proven to be the case maybe outside of Zeke Elliott. So, so Owen, you're you're a you're a smart intelligent guy. If you were in the position of Brian Gutekunst and you have a guy a talent like Aaron Jones on your team and you have uh, some some, you know, contracts moving forward, what do you do? Like you said Bakhtiari, Lindsley and then Aaron Jones, what would you do personally? Well, I, I think probably gun to my head push comes to shove, I think you probably pay Aaron Jones. Yeah. Um, what we're kind of continuing to see is that the salary cap is a fairly fluid situation. Um, and depending, you know, maybe you let Corey Lindsley go because you feel really strongly about John Runyon or you move Elton Jenkins to center or something along those lines that like you can kind of move some pieces around. If you feel good about Lucas Patrick, can he start at center? Um, you know, I also think Kevin King probably doesn't get brought back for the money that he's going to garner. Yeah. 
Um, you know, so I mean, I, I think I think the Packers end up re-signing him, um, but I think there is some fluidity there. Like I said, and I think that um, you know there, there's a lot of variables and a lot of moving parts here, especially considering Rogers' age uh, and trying to maximize that window. So it's going to be interesting to see. Oh, and before I let you go, my man, what happened Sunday night down in Nolens against Drew Brees and the Saints as uh, Aaron Rodgers and company goes down there? What uh, what's your prediction? I think the Packers can win this. The Saints have shown some vulnerability. Uh, they got bullied a lot by the Raiders. I think that was a, a very, um, you know, bully ball performance by the Raiders. I'm not confident that the Packers play that way, uh, but I, I think they can um, they can squeeze out a win. I think it's going to be very competitive, and I think that in order to do this, the offense needs to start quickly. I don't know if they can give New Orleans a 14 to three hole like they gave the Lions to right. be able to crawl their way out of it. So I think it'll be a good game. I think the Packers will win. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're pushed to the limit here by a much better team than the two that they played. Owen, I got the Clay Aiken Invisible playing. Uh, I've never met anyone else that uh, thought the song was a banger, so I'm glad we are on the same wavelength as that as well. So, my man, people, if they want to get a hold of you and see your content, how can they do so? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Reese Draft. It's R-I-E-S-E Draft. Uh, I have a piece coming out this week on Ricky Wagner uh, for Packer Report on the 24-7 Network. Um, we'll have some Badger stuff here. Badger football is back. Yeah, baby. Uh, we're going to have some stuff coming up on Bucky's fifth quarter uh, and then also on Acting Packing Company as well for the SB Nation family. Oh, and uh, before we're out of here, we do have a question. We had a debate yesterday on Twitch about Joel Stave. Your thoughts and feelings real quick on Joel Stave. Uh, I think he was a great quarterback. I think he's uh, very overly criticized considering he was a walk-on kid um, that couldn't get beat out by four-star Bart Houston um, and you know, kind of is given a bad look, I think. I think he was a better quarterback than he'll get given credit for considering what he is. Owen, two words. Team handsome. Also three words. All-time winningest. How about that? Three more words. 608. Two more <laughs> words. Highly successful. <laughs> See you, buddy. Nice having you. Yeah, appreciate it. See you, man. There he is, Owen Reese. Good stuff there. Check him out, like he said, on Twitter, at Reese Draft. Bucky's fifth quarter, Acme Packing Company, Packers Report for 24-7, and a grad assistant offensive line coach for the Warhawks. We take a step back from the Packers real quick, and we go to Wisconsin football, and we welcome in our highly successful sports director, Zach Heilprin, who is, uh, I welcome with arms wide open every time he's on. Zach, good morning. How are we doing? Morning. I'm doing great. Good morning. Good morning. Good Wednesday morning. Zach. <laughs> Sorry, inside joke. All right, Zach. So I'm looking at this news breaking. And for the Wisconsin Badgers, real quick, how do we feel that 31 days from now is when we'll be taking on the Fighting Illini at the Camp Randall, at the camp, and then today yeah. is first practice in a while. How's that feel, baby? How are we feeling? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, right? Yeah, no, first practice back on the field. Their two-week break due to the uh, COVID tests, positive COVID tests is over, and they get to hit the field today. I don't think they'll be in the pad- in pads for at least a week, but uh, certainly getting closer and uh, to actual football activities, and that's a big day. So, Zach, I'm looking at your Twitter account, at Zach Halpern, which it is a phenomenal follow. It is my favorite follow um, besides what, besides my burner following my own account. Other than that, I mean, you are my favorite you, follow. Yes? You have a burner? Oh, uh, actually, I have two of them. All right, so, Zach, do you have a burner? You got more, you got more than that. Do you have a burner? Yeah. Rowdy, do you have a burner? C. <laughs> All right, Except Zach. that's not a burner. We've already outed that burner. Yeah, that's true. All right, Zach. Badgers released an updated roster today. They and did. I'm looking at your Twitter account. 
from the Zone account, not my Burner account. And there's a name on here, and I'm like, what? Blast from the past, kind of. Can you tell mm-hmm. everyone who it is and when's the last time he played for the Badgers? Yeah, John Dietzen, who started a bunch of games for Wisconsin throughout his career, retired prior to last year, which would have been his senior year. He gave up football because of injuries, uh, repeated injuries, uh, lower leg injuries that um, you know just he couldn't play through, and he he gutted it out throughout 2018, and he just you know he just couldn't go on, so he gave up. But uh, he's now back on the roster, uh, obviously a years off, not having to go through the day-to-day of uh, football activities and, and being back in there, he's going to, because because your clock, in the NCAA, your clock, as soon as you play, your clock starts. You have five years to complete four, um, and this would be year six. So he would have to get a, uh, a waiver from the NCAA, which I don't think will be overly difficult to get, uh, considering his medical history. But, yeah, he's back, and it gives them a, a veteran potential. You know, you'd probably be in the mix to start at left guard, and if not, at worst, He's going to be a very valuable veteran backup. Crazy. And then there's someone that's no longer on the team as well. Could you opine away on that one? Yeah, it's a big name. Reggie Pearson, who uh, started uh, every game last year at safety for Wisconsin, is not on the list. Uh, We'll get to talk with Paul Chris later today to to ask him why. Um, But that's a a big loss. Luckily for Wisconsin, though, uh, they're rather deep at safety, and they were even before – they, they still are, even with Pearson gone. Uh, they obviously have Eric Burrell, who started every game last year. It's got Nelson's back from injury. Uh, he played, he, you know, he started every game in 2018. So they have those guys, and then Colin Wilder and Madison Cohn. So they're, they're pretty deep there. But, yeah, losing Reggie Pearson is a big one. He's their, their big hitter in that secondary and not having him and, uh, is going to be significant. We don't know if it's like an opt-out or you know something else. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like they will have him this year. Man, some wild stuff going on uh, real quick here for the Wisconsin Badgers as they get underway for their first practice in a while. Zach Halpern joining us, our sports director. Zach, what, so, I mean, how big of a blow is this for the defense then? Is this something that we should be, like, concerned about moving forward? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's an all-Big Ten type of player, and he had a very, very good retro freshman season. He was, I mean, he was coming in, and uh, they had big hopes from the, the year prior, and he played you know, really, really well, and to not have him, he was, I don't want to call him your enforcer by any stretch, but we all remember the Michigan game. He got yeah. kicked out uh, for his hit on uh, the Michigan quarterback, but he put on some big hits, some other guys, uh, an emotional guy, emotional, you know, uh, guy that you can rally around, and, and not having him is a loss. There's no doubt about that, but again, they have depth there and experience yeah. there that I think they'll be able to manage it, but you know, this wasn't going to be just like a. You know, he wasn't going anywhere after this. After this year, he's going to be redshirt sophomore. So I guess he could potentially, you know, declare for the draft. But um, it was going to be where he was going to be around for at least two more years, you would think. And now you don't have him at all. It's it's a big loss. It is a big loss. That's crazy. Um, so for practice today, no media is allowed, right? No media at all this year uh, in practices. Now is that because of COVID? Yes, and all interviews will be done via Zoom with both players and coaches. So, yeah, it's, uh, no inside information coming from from practices this year. Man, I, I would love to. Uh, who, in your humble opinion, is going to be getting the nod for that uh, running back, the starting running back? Yeah, I think uh, you know, Nikki Watson's probably going to be the guy that will get the, the first crack at it. But I, I do think there's a bunch of other names to watch. Uh, Isaac Garendo is one of them, and then Jalen Berger showed up, and I was looking at the roster today, and he's. He's six foot two ten, so yeah. he's certainly he's certainly uh, physically able to do it. And then uh, Julius Davis is another guy, another four star recruit, former four star recruit that 
missed pretty much his entire freshman year due to injury, but he's put on a bunch of weights, close to 200 pounds as well now. And I think they, uh, they have a good stable of backs that they're going to be able to, you know, I think rotate through there. Uh, none of them is going to be, none of them is going to get the Jonathan Taylor workload, certainly, but they have a, a bunch of different guys, I think, that bring something else, something a little bit different to the table. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked for some burger time. Uh, I saw this on yeah. your tweet, too. Uh, uh, speaking of like burgers, not the player himself, but the, the meal, the food. One yeah. very notable weight gain, the outside linebacker, Isaiah Green May. Dude, yeah. is he on a steady, like, Culver's Butterburger diet or what? This dude is 6'6 six, six and weighed 218 pounds last year. And uh, at outside linebacker, that's usually not going to get it done. And everyone thought, you know, offseason they'll put on a bunch of weight. But in the spring, he had lost three pounds. He was down at 215. But the, the, the weight now uh, is listed at 232, which still at 6'6 still at six, six isn't exactly, you know, huge, but it's a significant improvement from 215 and certainly gives him a chance. And he's not the only one that's, that's put on a bunch of weight that, uh, or is going to put on, has put on enough weight to be able to hold up out there. Spencer Lytle, a very talented retro freshman, and Nick Herbig, uh, a very talented true freshman, um, you know, all in that 230, 235 range. And so um, it's important to have at least that kind of weight at that position. And uh, they have it now, and I think all those, all three of those guys could be, along with Jalen Franklin, in the mix to start to start opposite Noah Burke. Now, this is speculation, but do you think it's uh, quarantine weight? I think we've all put on a little LBs over that quarantine aisle. Do you think it's quarantine weight? Not all of us have. I mean, look at look at Nelly. He he put all he took off all the weight, and you've been working out too. It's been impressive. You guys are oh, I'm getting yoked, dude. You guys are both physical specimens. It's insane. It was I, crazy. I, I put mean, on my you, shirt. You, this morning, and I ripped out of my sleeves, my biceps. I just, I like went to leech for my coffee, and I ripped my sleeves. That doesn't surprise me, considering how many pictures you've been posting from your workouts. Like I, that, you know, that certainly makes sense. I'm just glad you're uh, looking. I only post them for you, Zach. I'm glad you're looking. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying in terms of the weight, but I, I, it's probably some good weight. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, these guys aren't like schleps like I am. All right, Zach Halpern. Any good weight. Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Uh, Zach, I want to just switch a little gears. I know I texted you said I want to uh, talk about Wisconsin, but uh, technically the Packers are, you know, the Green Bay that's in Wisconsin. I have to get your take because we did a little uh, a little preview of it yesterday in my office. We were talking about Aaron Jones and if you would pay the man his money. Do you think Aaron Jones is going to get the big contract from the Green and Gold? Or should should he get the big contract, I should say, from the Green and Gold, in your opinion? I, 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 I feel like, and, and David Bakhtiari was actually on uh, in Milwaukee on the fan yesterday and, uh, and you know, talked about how he thinks they can get both deals done. Like, if they want to get both deals done, they can get both deals done, him and Aaron Jones. But I would get the Bakhtiari deal done unless you're, unless you're going to already and you've already decided that you're going to franchise him because, you, you know, you don't think you're going to get it done. Then go ahead and you know, get the Aaron Jones deal done. But I... I would be so much. I'd be. I'm so much more concerned. Would be so much more concerned if I'm the Packers about getting Bakhtiari done before Aaron Jones. Not saying. Not taking anything away from Aaron Jones, but um, a premier left tackle is where uh, is where I would start. But does he end up getting it? Uh, I don't think so. You think they just and, let him ride out and what they get? I just. I'm trying to think. The last guy. I'm trying to think. The last guy that they they paid big money at, at running back. Well, um, we were trying to think of this yesterday. Who's if, the last guy that got big money? Ryan Grant. Frank. <laughs> Um, I'm asking, like he he got a, he got a big deal from them. He did and prior to the 2010 season. Well, is there really anyone after Ryan Grant? Eddie Lacy. 
Is there anyone that has gotten big <laughs> money as a running back that you didn't regret the deal moving forward for any team? That's the other thing. Like who's who has gotten paid out and actually you know went out and performed at a high level? I mean, Todd Gurley is. I mean, probably go back the to your Ryan thing. Grant. Ryan Grant didn't pan out for anything. Right, but I mean, lately, like it just hasn't paid off, and now we're seeing Christian McCaffrey got that big deal, and now he's injured, and uh, you know Todd Gurley got that big deal and did not really play anywhere close to a level to it and ended up getting cut. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I think that's just a, I think he's, he's, uh, he's a very, very good player. I just don't know if you're going to hurt yourself salary cap wise so much. So to, to pay him after seeing some of these other deals for running backs and, and perhaps them just not working out. It has to be Minnesota and AP. That's the only that's one the only I can really that's think, that's think about. I can think of. Yeah. And I was going to say the same thing. Like he is, but he's just a different exactly. Breed. He's, like I mean, he's just he's just a different animal. Like he's I, that, he's that one in one million that comes around. Correct. Yeah. I mean, he's he's just an insane athlete all around, and it's just impossible to to expect that out of Aaron Jones. I mean, I mean, didn't AP I, come back from an ACL injury in like seven months? I mean, yeah, he came <laughs> back from like a hundred ACL injuries. He's different. He's built different. You know, he's different. He's a freak of nature, man. Yeah. Uh, so, Zach, uh, looking at the Packers coming up for Sunday, you know, against the Saints down in Nolens, what's going on? Uh, any news? I know LaFleur is really tight-lipped. We'll probably learn more today. But on Corey Lindsley and that sprained thumb on a snapping hand, who would take his position if he doesn't play? Can't snap. If you can't snap, you can't snap, right? If you That's can't what LaFleur said. Play center. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Lucas Patrick would probably be the guy, uh, which would be funny because he started at left guard in game one, right guard in game two, and then potentially center – uh, in game three, and a lot of people are calling the Packers offensive line the best in the league through the first two weeks. Certainly the stats will back that up, and the fact that they've been able to do it despite starting potentially now three different starting lineups uh, is is impressive. You can't say enough about what Rick, Regner's, Rick, uh, Rick Wagner has given them at right tackle after uh, you know, he was kind of, I think, written off yeah. the injury in, in training camp, and they even moved Elton Jenkins over from left guard to right tackle because they uh, – they weren't actually. It didn't seem comfortable enough to to start Rick Wagner, but it's been pretty good, all things considered, uh, these last two weeks. Yeah, no doubt, uh, Zach. Before I let you go, I want to say thank you for your time. How pumped are you for a nice little Paul Chris Zoom conference today after practice? It's going to be very, very intriguing and very interesting, and I'm very appreciative. Yeah, I'm saying you appreciate the opportunity. that. I do appreciate the opportunity to be able to sit in on, the, on a Zoom call with Paul Chris. There's very thing, few things better in this world than a, a Coach Chris press conference. And you appreciate that. Make but, sure. Yeah. I was going to say. Do but you appreciate it? I appreciate it. You appreciate that. Yeah. There's probably a lot of I things you could work on during that uh, Zoom conference to make it a better Zoom conference. Make sure you mute your. Make sure you mute yourself. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, mm-hmm. don't breathe heavy. Don't eat random yeah, Don't eat foods. bags of chips. Are the big J's, have the big J's all come around to muting themselves? I know they like to hear themselves talk. Have they come around to muting themselves? They make you meet you. They, they meet you. Oh, okay. So they, they, don't even, they don't even let you. They, they'll take you off mute so you can ask a question, but that's the only time you can, you can be off mute. Man, wild in 2020, eh? 2020. 2020, my God. Zach, we appreciate your time. You are highly successful, yep. and uh, I'll post another gym selfie for you today, okay? Can't wait. I, see you, I will not. <laughs> Thank you. See you, buddy. There he is, Zach Hopper, our sports director.